We're going to talk about Revelation and the Bible. Not the book of Revelation, but how Revelation applies to the Word of God. Now, last year at the beginning of the year, if you remember, we started out last year where we did four different Wednesdays. One was a men's night, a ladies' night. We did a couples' night, and then we did a doctrines' night. And we started talking through a lot of doctrine at the beginning of the year. And then halfway through, we just took off on doctrine. And so I talked a little bit about the Word of God. I gave you an overview on the Word of God. And I really wasn't planning at that time to do more than just a simple, basic Bible doctrines topic. But then it's grown into who knows how long it's going to take to get through all that I am going to get through. If you notice, before Christmas, I spent weeks about salvation. And I defined a lot of big words about salvation. So now we're going to go back to the Word of God, and I'm going to define words about the Bible. We're going to talk about revelation tonight. We will talk about inspiration next week, and that might take two weeks. We're going to talk about preservation and what that means. We're going to talk about the canonization. How did we get the scriptures that we have today? How did that all work out? What is scripture and what is not? Why are there some old books, or they claim to be old books, that we don't have in the scriptures that are old, that they claim to be scripture in some churches, but then others they're not? How does all that play out? And over the next five, six, seven, eight weeks, we'll probably cover the topic of the Bible and keep going from there on to something else. But we'll be on doctrine for a while. I could end up being an old man before we're done talking about different doctrines. And so, and that, and you say, well, I'm not far from it now, but I'll be even closer by the time we're done. Revelation chapter number, Revelation, wow. Hebrews chapter number one. I saw Revelation at the top of my paper. No, we're talking about Revelation. We're not talking about the book of Revelation tonight. Hebrews chapter number one. We're going to start there, and we're going to look at several verses and several passages tonight. They're all there in your notes. Does anyone need notes tonight? Everyone got notes? Everyone good to go? All right, let's go with it. Verse number one, God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. We skip to chapter number two in verse number one. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if we heard if for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. And so we're going to take some time tonight. We're going to look at a lot of things. But literally the word revelation means uh, revealing. It's the unveiling. Like if we are to look at the book of Revelation, it is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So you know, what people got to see of Jesus while he lived in the days of the gospel, that in, in the gospels there, that really wa- that was Jesus, but that's not truly who Jesus really is. 
The book of Revelation talks about his eyes being flames of fire, his hair white as wool, and it talks about all these characteristics of the Lord that you didn't see the little baby have. The little baby on his thigh didn't have King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Like it says, when Jesus comes, he's going to. There was no two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. A lot of difference. So the book of Revelation is an unveiling or revealing. And so when we talk about the revelation in the Bible, what I want you to understand is this. In theology, it's applied to God revealing himself to mankind. Without revelation, you and I would know nothing about God. Without revelation tonight, no one would know how the earth was created. In all reality, who penned the words of Genesis chapter number 1? Moses did, we know under inspiration. But was Moses there in the beginning with God? No, he was not. So Moses was being told what happened. Moses wasn't there. The only one who was there in the beginning was the Godhead, right? Those of you that have started your new Bible reading thing for the year, you just read that two days ago. And if you don't remember that, you might want to start over and look over again. But as we talk about and we think about it, without revelation, we don't know anything about God. We don't even know that there is a God without revelation. Therefore, as we look at this tonight, I'm going to give you several thoughts. But number one, as we dive in, we see that revelation is the unveiling of something previously hidden so that it may be seen for what it is. I think that gives a great explanation of the book of Revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of something previously hidden. The only ones, you think about when Jesus lived here on earth for those 33 years, there was three disciples that saw him on the Mount of Figuration. They literally, Peter, James, and John, they literally got to see him for who he truly was. And so in the book of Revelation, we all get a glimpse of who Jesus truly is. But it was something previously hidden, but now it is seen. And you think about this, when it comes to Revelation, all Revelation is supernatural in that God is the source and the truth of it all. That's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That, and you've got to understand, there's going to be some things about God you never get and understand. And the Bible doesn't give you clear direction on everything about God. But the Bible contains everything you need to know about God. And so as we look here, we see that Revelation is the unveiling of something previously hidden so that it may be seen for what it is. Number two, Revelation can be broken into two parts. So as we look here and we look at Revelation being broken into two parts, first of all we see the first part of Revelation would be general revelation. So when we look at general revelation, and you got that there, there are several aspects to general revelation. Number one, you see creation. The Bible tells us in Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, 
and their words to the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. And we keep on going through those verses there, but the very first verse tells us, the heavens declare the glory of God. General revelation is the fact that in this world today, you look around, you look up in the sky, you look at the mountains, and you see, Mona, I drove by your house earlier today. And it was kind of cool in your little area there. Did you see today how low some of those clouds were? You had some high, high clouds. But then in the middle, you had an open area and some really low clouds. It was pretty cool. We don't always get that here. But down that little area near Indian Truck Trail, you get to see those things. But you look at creation. Like in a few days, when the sky clears out and you can see the beautiful mountains... And maybe there'll be snow on them, maybe there won't be from this system. But when you look up there, you're like, wow. You know someone created this. It didn't happen by accident. Because creation itself speaks to the fact that there is a God. The problem is with general revelation, it doesn't tell you who God is. It just lets you know there is a God. And so as we look this we think about creation the bible tells us in isaiah 40 verse number 12 who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hands and meted out the heaven with a span and comprehend the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in the balance and we think about how he created and i love that verse did you know though god doesn't have really a hand or a span it's talking about how big he is he's a spirit right so think about this he measured the waters of earth in the hollow of his hand. Literally, that's that little middle part right there. I think I've done it before. I could hold about a teaspoon of water. And if I cup it just right, maybe a teaspoon and a half, maybe. Look at the ocean. Well, let's just, let's just not go crazy. Let's just look at a little lake somewhere. He can hold all that in his hand. Let alone the entire world, the, the water in the world, in the hollow of his hand. Look at how big the sky is. I can measure with my span about nine inches. That's a span right there. About nine inches, eight or nine inches if I stretch them out. Maybe ten, but that's as far as it goes. He measures the sky with that. Talking about how big God is and all that he does. But I want you to understand something. God created it. And as we think about general revelation, we think about the fact that creation speaks out that there's a God. And you have to be a fool not to see it. Isn't that why the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God? Because creation cries out that someone created this. Think about life and human life. To think that, and from a, the size of a grain of rice, there's a heartbeat in a baby. To think about that. God created life. And when we look and we think about the, and that's a little thought, I'll, later on I'll give you more details, but um, there's a ministry, and why am I blanking on their name? There's a ministry that reaches out uh, to the Planned Parenthood of Pomona. That's our closest one. It's not that far from here. And they tried it, and I went out with them a few weeks ago. And uh, they, they go out there and they hold up signs. They're not the real vocal and get in your face and things like that. They're there trying to help people turn to Christ and not abort their babies. 
Literally the day I went is Friday. The only people that show up there are the doctors and nurses that are going to abort the babies. It's only abortions on Fridays. And that Friday, no one showed up. The doctor left. I thought that was a wonderful thing to see. But what they like to have is they like church to come and to, there's a church around the corner, and they like churches to do a prayer walk around the area. And so the second Saturday in February is the week that we're going to do our prayer walk. We're going to do it as a church. We're going to go out there, whoever wants to, and we'll be walking around the, um, around the area right there. And it's not it. You won't. You, I know we're in Pomona, but you'll be okay. It's right by Pomona Valley Hospital. It's not the worst of things. But I would encourage you to go. I think it would be a good thing. And so I don't know if you remember, but there was, it was several years ago. Johnny, I know you remember it. I talked about how I wanted to go and be able to do something at one of those things. And I think the Lord's finally opening the door for that. So that was a side note, not even part to be planned to talk about tonight. But that will be something that we'll be able to do in February. Um, As we talk about general revelation, we see it in creation and in life and all that God does. You also see it, number two, in history. And when we talk about history and things and where you see God evident in history... You think about um, Psalm chapter number 9 and verse 16. And um, the Bible says there, The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hand. Higeon Selah. Did I say that close enough, Ryan? Is that close? Kind of close? You would have said it a little bit better right now, but I can do, so... Something like that, I don't know. But, do you know we can look back at different events in history and know that God was involved in it? Can anyone think of an event in history that took place according to the Bible? Men don't recognize it for what it is, but I would say the flood. I know that a long time ago that the Colorado River was really, really high and it caused the Grand Canyon to take place because that river was just flowing so massively through there. Or it's amazing how in certain places in the world these fossils and these things are way up high on these mountains and all these things just mystically happen billions upon billions and billions of years ago. They don't want to say what it truly is. But I think that it's pretty clear that there was a flood at some point on this earth. I think it's a clear fact. And God stepped into history and God altered things because of the wickedness of man. But it shows that there's a God. How about this one? The third one is the fact that we have a conscience. Our conscience tells us that there's a God. You know, every person that comes into this world knows there's a God. That's why the Bible says the fool says in his heart there is no God. Because everyone, you have, and I know some of you kids in the room, you think that your conscience is this little cricket thing. That's not really, you know. In Jiminy Cricket, he's a nice little character. And, and Pinocchio should have listened a lot more to his conscience than what he did. But he didn't do that. But that's not really what a conscience is. But we think about our conscience. Our conscience knows that there's a God. The Bible tells us in Romans 2 verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. How do we know that it's wrong not to, you know, everyone knows, is it, is it a good thing to murder somebody? 
Do you know even unsaved people would agree with that? Now, they might look at certain things not as murder, but no one says it's okay to murder. Why? Because is it right to steal? Everyone knows it's not right to steal. Why? Because it's written on the inside of our hearts. We know these things. We know it's not good to do certain things. That's part of having a conscience. But our conscience lets us know there is a God. That's why you could look, and I know I've had many Christians be like, well, what about those people that live in those villages in the middle of nowhere that ne- and they never hear of Jesus? Anybody who wants Jesus will get Jesus. I'm a firm believer in that. And if you don't believe that, then you, you believe in a terrible God that's not fair and just. I believe in a just God. And this is the thing. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 1, we got some verses there, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. You know how we've talked about before in John chapter number 1, that little bit of light that we're all given? Because that which may be known of God is manifest. It's in every person that comes into this world. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly, it's clearly seen that God created this whole thing. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, there is no one in this world that will be able to stand before God and have any excuse. No one has an excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. So as we talk about general revelation, we see the fact that there's creation, there's history, there's conscience, and general revelation bears witness to the existence of God. You think about creation, it shows the power of God. It also shows the need for God. But guess what? It doesn't tell us who God is. The sky doesn't cry out, the God of the Bible is God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is God Almighty. It doesn't say that anywhere. You just see there is a God. And the problem is, if all we had tonight was general revelation, you could never find God. You would know that there's a God, but you could never find him. Because there's some problems with general revelation. The first one is this, that creation, you think about creation, sin has messed it up. Do you realize that God, when he made the world, he made everything perfect. There was no smog. There were no forest fires. There was no rain. That came later. Rain didn't come till God decided to flood the earth. That's the first time it rained. I know for us, if God told us that it's going to rain and build a boat, we would be, okay, we know what rain is. Noah didn't know what rain was. No one in his day knew what rain was. And God told him to build a boat because it's going to rain. That's some faith right there. We see it, and if someone told me it's going to, you know, like they say this storm could cause a lot of rain, I don't need to build a boat for this storm. Or maybe I will. Who knows? We'll know tomorrow, maybe, right? But as we look at these things, creation's been affected 
by the entrance of sin. And so what we realize is, and there's a bullet point there, the general revelation is not enough to save us. It's enough to let us know that there's a God. So there are two types of revelation. There's general revelation, and then number two, there is, or letter B, special revelation. And special revelation is the direct intervention of God in the affairs of this world. It's God revealing himself through special acts that he does. Now, as we think about these things, we could look, and as we think about special revelation, there's several things that we could talk about. Number one, we could talk about dreams. Now, before you get going crazy, we're talking about before the Bible was complete, okay? We're talking about before that. But God used dreams in a lot of cases for things to help people see things, didn't he? Visions he would give Daniel. We think about the example I have here in Genesis chapter number 37, how Joseph dreamed a dream, and God was showing him what was going to take place. That, and think about this, God, how was Joseph ever going to know these things if God didn't show him? And I believe one of the reasons that God showed him was because of all that he went through. This was something he could hold on to, to the promise of God that something was going to take place. And we know what happens with this dream, but you see, with special revelation, if God wouldn't have showed up in his dream and showed him this, Joseph would have never known. You also have not only dreams, but you have visions. Now, like I said, don't get carried away with me, okay? Don't turn Pentecostal on me tonight, okay? That's not what I'm trying to do right here. But visions, we think about the fact that Daniel saw a vision. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 8, verse number 1, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after the which appeared unto me at the first. So there was a vision that... So think about this. He would not have known... We talk about Daniel's prophecies and his, the 70 weeks of years. He would, how was Daniel supposed to know that in the end how everything's supposed to play out? He would never know it. God came to him in a vision and showed him what's going to take place in the end of everything. That's what special revelation is. There's also number three. We see this Urm and Thummim there. And uh, there was a time, the Bible talks about in Numbers 27, 21, how the priests used this, and, and they used this, bef- and it's kind of interesting to even use this example. But it's, and that's, it's kind of a, as we look at, he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the urn before the Lord, and at his word they shall go out, and at his word they come in. And so there was this example of it. You know, we could look at... Um, There were audible voices that God used. Sometimes I would love for God to just use an audible voice with me, right? Brian! Brian! You know, we think of Samuel. Samuel! Samuel! God audibly spoke to Samuel. Number five, we see that God spoke through animals. Didn't he? Balaam's donkey, right? And hey... You should feel, tonight, just understand something. If God could use a donkey, God can use all of us. You can rest in that fact. And God, this is the thing, when men are too stubborn and not listening to God, sometimes he's got to, and that's what he did. That the donkey spoke. And then, what else did God use to speak to man and give special revelation? Angels. 
We think about Christmas and Gabriel came to Mary, right? Angels came to the shepherds. Now, you, you got to understand something. Why did the angels have to go? Why did they have to go to the shepherds? Because how were the shepherds supposed to know? And this is what you got to understand tonight. And as we look at this, and uh, where am I at in my notes? So I did angels number six. Um, the next one would be Jesus. We read it a few minutes ago. And the crown of God's revelation and revealing himself to mankind was when Jesus came to earth. The Bible tells us, John 1, verse number 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And what does it say? We beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God's special revelation, the crowning moment of it, was Jesus Christ being here. Because what did, remember how Philip said, hey, show us the Father and we'll be happy. It sufficeth us. And Jesus said, haven't I been with you long enough? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father also. And then number eight there, and the last one here, the completion of God's special revelation is the Bible. The Bible's the complete revelation of God. That's what you've got to understand. Do you know why God had to speak in visions and dreams? Because his word wasn't complete. Why did God have to speak through angels? Because how were we supposed to know what happens in Luke if the angel doesn't tell Mary and help her out there? How are we supposed to know these things? The conclusion of the book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the Bible's complete. You have all you need tonight. So this is what you got to understand tonight. And when we talk about this, the Word of God is the complete revelation of God. So you don't need a vision tonight. You don't need to roll some dice and figure out what they say. You don't need an angel to appear to you tonight. You don't need a dream. You have a book that has God's written word. And you might not have God audibly call out your name, Brian, 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 but God speaks to us through the pages of his word, and special revelation was complete when the word of God is complete. And without this, we would know nothing. So think about this. You have general revelation, which tells us in this world, there is a God. But it doesn't tell you how to get to that God. Where, through special revelation, God gave us this whole book, and this book says, hey, there is a God, and I can tell you who his name is, and I can tell there's only one way to God, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ, which no one would have known if God wouldn't have revealed it to us in the pages of his book. That's what revelation is. We would not know it without the word of God. And we don't need anything more tonight because the word of God has given us all that we need. I love how it says in Psalm 19, verse 7 through 14, the law of the Lord, it's perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, it's sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, they're right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, lightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord, it's clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And the word of God is all that we need tonight and tells us so much. And this is the thing. Even if we had no general revelation, special revelation is enough to save us. It tells us where to turn to. But God was gracious enough 
And in his love for sinners, he gave us general revelation and special revelation. Now as we look at this, and I want to give you a few thoughts more about revelation, and then we'll be done tonight. I want to number three tonight. I want to compare it and contrast it with some words that people sometimes confuse with revelation. And so as we do this, first of all, I want to look at revelation and compare it or verse it against inspiration. There's a difference between revelation and inspiration. Come back next Wednesday night, and we'll talk more about inspiration. But as we look at this, what happens is, number one, that revelation makes truths known. Without special revelation, we would not know that the God of Israel is the God of heaven and that he created all things and that his son, Jesus Christ, is the only way to heaven. You see, revelation makes that truth known. But inspiration provides for its inerrant recording. That's the difference between the two. And so this is what you've got to understand. Think about it this way. Number two, the Bible, or the Bible contains revelation. It's the special revelation. It's what we know about God. But the entire Bible is given by inspiration. And it's perfectly recorded for us by God. And so as we look at that, I want you to think about this also. Number three, the fact that revelation is progressive. So think about this. When Moses lived, he penned some words that talked about a Messiah, didn't he? He even showed the fact that at some point that there was going to be a king over all Israel, but they didn't know how it was going to work. There was, remember this mystery that there was called the church? Most of the Old Testament prophets knew about a mystery of some sort. They didn't know how the mystery was going to play out because revelation was progressive. The last progressive part about, um, and I know I don't like using the word progressive. You can think of insurance. Don't think about the progressives in Congress and things like that. Just stay away from all that. But it just, as we think about progressive, the fact is, once the book of Revelation was given, we see how the end plays out. It's all there for us. Whereas when it comes to inspiration, which we'll study next week, it's complete and entire. And so as we look and we think about that, that's really the difference between revelation and inspiration. Sometimes people confuse the two. And then the last one would be the difference between revelation and illumination. Now, the scriptures are illuminated for us. That's something that the Holy Spirit of God does and helps us understand his word. Revelation, it's written there. But if you ever, you know, you think about this, I don't have this experience. Some of you might have this experience more than me. How many of you got saved later on in life? So you were an adult, and maybe, now, I'll, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to see if you, can, if, you can, if you can answer this for me. And you might totally ruin my, my thought here, or you could really help my thought. So help my thought here. Don't ruin it. Remember a couple weeks ago, man, I did a... Uh, I went to a friend's church in Riverside, and so I preached a message about craving God to teenagers. Well, what I did was I used one of the things. I used the fact that losing the weight that I had, I had to quit eating a lot of the things I really love and eat things that didn't have as much sugar. So, like, you know, one of the things I do now is 
I like Flaming Hot Cheetos. Anybody like Flaming Hot Cheetos? And so, but this is the thing. I can eat baked ones, and there's hardly any fat in the baked ones compared to regular ones. I can't eat a whole bag in one sitting, but if I want some, I can eat the baked ones. So I wanted to show them, since they all like bad things, that they really like the, you know, the regular ones. They all love the baked ones more than they like the, the regular ones. Go figure. And then I ice cream in. I brought real cookie, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, Ben and Jerry's. And then I brought in Halo Top. Now, for me, I eat the Halo Top now when I need some ice cream, and it's, it's okay. But I remember the first time I tried it, I'm like, this is like garbage. This is, this is like eating out of a trash can right now. And they're like, mm, this is so good. And I'm like, you totally ruined my whole illustration. And then I had a Dr. Pepper Zero and regular Dr. Pepper. They said that Dr. Pepper Zero was better. They're liars. But anyway, so I, I should have learned then not to do this. So I'm going to do this little illustration here. So, those of you that got saved a little later on in life, did you ever, any of you read the Bible before you got saved? Ever? Or know anything about the Bible? Okay, Kay's got her hand up, so a few of you. Did it make more sense once you got saved than what it did before you were saved? Because the blinders are lifted and it's illuminated before you. The revelation's always been there. It was there the whole time. But when you got saved and the Spirit of God came to live inside of you, the blinders were lifted and it's like lit up for you where it wasn't before. Where if we turn out all the lights in this room, you might be able to get out of here and things, but it'd be a little hard. It's a lot easier having the lights on to get out of the building. That's how it is. An unsaved person reads the Word of God. That's why I look at our governor and like he's quoting verses in other states and people are talking about how blasphemous it is and all these things I don't think the man's saved he's blind, he doesn't know what he's writing he doesn't know what the truth is with it so now for a Christian to pin those words and there are Christians that do that, or they call themselves Christians and do that there's something wrong when the blinders have been lifted and you're looking at things the same way a blinded person looks at the word of God but that's the difference between revelation and illumination. And think about what the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians nine verse or 1 Corinthians two verse nine through thirteen. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Now think about that verse. I have seen some beautiful things in this world. How many of you have seen beautiful things? Man, you look at just even recently, like today, just looking at those clouds. Or some of the sunsets recently. And you think there's nothing that can be more beautiful than this. My wife, there's nothing more beautiful than this right here. But the Bible says the most beautiful thing my eyes have ever seen doesn't compare to what heaven's going to be like. But look what it says, the next verse there, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words with man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth 
comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And you see Revelation, it's been here the whole time. Illumination is, oh, I see it now. And that's just having the Holy Spirit in you. That's the difference there. And so, as I said next week, we're going to look a little deeper into these things, and I hope that this is a help to you. And so we looked at Revelation tonight. So you know it's an unveiling of something. There are two types of revelation. General, which is everything in this world, lets you know there is a God, but doesn't tell you who it is. And then there's special revelation. And you don't need to have visions tonight. You don't need to have dreams. And sometimes you have dreams and visions because you eat too much pizza right before you're supposed to be going to bed. I remember, man, a while back, I got Mountain Mike, and this is before the diet and all that, but Mountain Mike's, they have these little pepperoni things that curl up, and there's the grease pit in there. They are so good. And, but they pile them on there. And I literally woke up that night having a dream burning in hell, literally. And literally, I was, my chest was on fire from the heartburn from that, literally. And I know sometimes we're like, but that dream, it has meaning to it. God's not, I do not believe that God speaks to you through dreams today. I do not. And I know people come to me and say, oh, pastor, I had this dream, I had this. And I, that's fine. A lot of times we dream about things we're thinking about. And the Bible is complete. There's no need for a dream to tell you how to live. You've got the book. There, you're not going to have visions or angels come visit you. You're not going to be touched by an angel. I used that example on Sunday. You know, you're not going to have visions. That one person, if you haven't ever looked it up, just do it sometime. That person in Arizona or one of the states that saw Jesus on a tortilla and made a shrine out of it. There literally is a shrine. Type in Jesus on a tortilla. Type it in. I promise you it'll be, you'll see it. There's a whole thing about it. And this thing is, you know, it's disintegrating now and Jesus is disappearing off this tortilla. But anyways, there are no visions. There are no dreams. Angels do not come in that way today. People aren't given special revelation that no one else gets to hear. Like you have Joseph Smith say that one time someone gave him a bunch of special, God gave him special revelation. Someone gave him a bunch of baloney is what happened. And there are many that believe that the words that he penned came from a book that he copyrighted. And we might talk more about that later on as we go a little bit further. But in all reality, the book's complete. So don't worry about all those other special revelations. The only special revelation you need to remember is right here. This will tell you how to live. It will tell you what to do. It will tell you how everything you need for life. It's profitable for righteousness, for instruction in righteousness. Um, all those other things in First Timothy chapter number 3. Father,